Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Listening to Rum Buncher Radio. This is episode number 73. Welcome in, Pirates fans. Trey Yanity joined with Marty Leap and Nick Caparoso. Back with the whole crew tonight. And, you know, we have absolutely nothing to talk about. Very boring times right now. No, there's a lot going on. Obviously, Major League Baseball uh, currently locked out as the CBA did expire on December the 1st. And, you know, we expected this to happen. So this is uh, not a shocker, but a lot to talk about with this as baseball continues to lock out into December now, as the Pirates made some moves before that happened since the last time we joined you on this podcast. Jacob Stallings, now down in South Beach. He's with the Marlins. Some decent return there. We're going to give you our thoughts on that and a lot as we get into the show tonight. But guys, how are you doing? Marty, Nick, how is this uh, December treated you so far? Uh, not too bad. You know, the Christmas season is always crazy, especially when you've got two young kids. But, uh, yeah, no, not 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 too bad so far. Just keeping busy with Christmas stuff and with my kids transitioning from football season to basketball season, and you know, just living the dream. Yeah, um, things are really good out my way. Um, my alma mater and school that I teach at just won their first state championship in football, so pretty exciting times in the community here. And obviously, it's great to see you know just in general. Uh, so many of uh, former students of mine that, you know, who were a part of that team. So I'm very, very excited. Excellent. That's big news. As uh, football wraps up there in Pennsylvania, Marty, I know uh, Columbia High School had some big playoff games as well. Uh, how did that turn out? Yeah, no, it did pretty well for, for, for my Richland Rams. You know, uh, we, we Southern Columbia is just an absolute buzzsaw. They've won, I think, six straight double-A state championships. And, uh, yeah, they, they dispatched the bus in the state semis. 62 to 20, but hey, you know, it's it's go get them next year. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> they made a deep run there. Congratulations to both schools for uh, their success this season. But, you know, the Pirates having some success here, the way you look at it, uh, with the trades that they made before baseball decided to lock out. Guys, I want your, your first take on this Jacob Stallings deal. I know you guys kind of had some different opinions on this. Three players coming in return uh, for Jacob Stallings in that deal. And, you know, obviously – Stallings was a cornerstone for this 2020 season, won the gold glove and, you know, was one of the best players, probably should have won the platinum glove uh, defensively this season and was just an excellent clubhouse guy for a lot of these young pitchers. Good guy to have around the clubhouse. Uh, Now in Miami, Pirates getting back some decent return, depending on how you feel about it. Uh, Scott Nicholas and uh, sorry, I meant to have this up. Uh, Scott Nicholas. And Zach Thompson uh, coming in return for this. What's your guys' first take, like I said? And how do you feel about this return overall for Jacob Stallings? 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I. I don't think the return is terrible. All things considered, um, I, I think I have more of an issue of when I look at it. I feel that Stallings was going to provide more value to the Pirates in what he could bring defensively, what he could bring with helping with this young pitching staff, um, than what he could bring back in a trade. So I, I was in the boat of keeping Stallings for that reason. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot of Miguel Ure, Bryce Wilson, Ronzi Contreras this season, potentially Carmen Majinski, maybe a Mike Burrows, a Max Cranick. A lot of these young arms were having that stabling force back there. If Stallings goes a long way. Now that said, we'll get into the Roberto Perez signing, adding Perez there. I does change things a little bit for me because Perez is also a terrific defensive catcher who's calling card is his ability to handle a pitching staff in the call a game. So I have no doubt that these pitchers are still going to benefit a ton from working with Perez this season. But, you know, I had even identified Perez early in the offseason guy that gets signed to pair with Stallings. So I still think they would be better off keeping Stallings. But there's definitely some intriguing pieces in that return including Zach Thompson, who very likely could be in the opening day rotation. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say I didn't tell you, but on the last show I did tell you, right? You did. I told you they were going to trade Stallings. Um, You know, for me, like I said, it made sense in terms of trying to continue to do what this organization is trying to do, which it's part of their overall plan of just trying to have this continual cycle of trading these veterans for younger pieces and hopefully just continuing to compete uh, much like you see this other smaller market teams like Oakland and Tampa do. But, you know, I get the frustration behind it. Um, you know, as always, there wasn't anyone who, you know, on the, in terms of name value that really jumped out at you in this trade. Um, obviously there's a lot of interesting pieces, you know, a lot of good pedigree in the deal, but uh, you know, like you said, having Stallings around for the, even another year could have meant more. Um, and I don't necessarily view the return um, in a negative way, but I also don't view it, as one that was something they had had to do. But, you know, hopefully uh, they'll prove that wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. And, uh, you know, like you said, we've seen this as part of the entire rebuild strategy, trade the veterans, get a lot of return, you know, quantity um, with athleticism is what we've seen so far. And I think that's what we get in this deal. But I got to ask about the timing here. Do you guys think that this deal needed to happen you know, in the offseason before the CBA expired, or, or could they have waited for maybe the deadline, or would the return have looked the same after this 2022 season? You know, according to what has been reported out there is that they weren't really necessarily planning on trading Stallings, but there is interest there from uh, especially, obviously, Miami, who really stepped up and met that threshold that Charrington's always talking about. So, yeah, I don't think there was necessarily a sense of urgency. I think, you know, they have a list of people that they're open to listening on, and Stallings was probably on that list. So when teams started calling, they probably, you know, started thinking in a different direction. 
Yeah, I mean, there was the report also that it appeared the the Pirates were ready to send Stallings to the Red Sox, and the Marlins jumped in a suite, and they're off a little bit more. And he went up there, so there's definitely a lot of interest from around the league in Stallings. Yeah, the Yankees were interested too. Yeah, it, it's not a surprise to see teams interested in a guy who is arguably the best defensive catcher in baseball, and is not. I mean, Stallings is never going to be anything more than a around average league hitter, but with that, with his defense, you'll take that out of your catcher all day long. Um, I think with the timing of it, though, if they were going to move him this offseason, then yes, he needed to be moved before the work stoppage began because when you come out of this work stoppage, especially because, you know, we'll get into this, but it looks like it's it's going to be a while. It's going to be a mad dash from that point till spring training. So I think if you were going to move him this offseason, you wanted to move him before the CBA expired and, Excuse me, that's that's what we saw Ben Charrington and the Pirates do. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, uh, you know, some value there, like you said, some interest certainly in Jacob Stallings. The Pirates make the move before the CBA expires, um, you know, to get that paperwork in and get all that squared away. And, you know, guys, I, I feel bad. Every time we get on here, I, I lay out what we're going to do. And, um, you know, I, I usually tell you the order beforehand. And then we get on here and I just throw it all out. And while we're on it, why don't we talk about Roberto Perez? I, I want to get to... Obviously, this this CBA expiring and, uh, you know, this lockout here in a second. But, um, you know, if you don't mind, why don't we move it along? Talk about Roberto Perez signing and, you know, filling in this role. Definitely great to get a veteran presence in here. Um, You know, the Pirates kind of, I guess Pirates fans were kind of wondering, well, what's next now that Jacob Stallings is down in Miami? Um, But, you know, the Pirates bring in Roberto Perez and and it's going to add to this group. I, I like this signing a lot. Obviously, the power, the hitting numbers overall, not there these past few seasons, especially this past season in Cleveland. Um, But, you know, I think this is a good uh, replacement for Jacob Stallings, if nothing else. Um, And and you still get that return there. What are you guys' thoughts on Roberto Perez? Nick, you want to get us started there? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the best thing they could have done in terms of trying to show that they weren't necessarily selling off again. You know what I mean? Like, they went out – immediately signed a veteran catcher who was one of the better catchers, you know, available in the free agent market. Now, like you said, that's not necessarily saying a ton in terms of his offensive numbers, but uh, defensively, he's very highly touted. I don't think we're losing much in terms of uh, that veteran presence behind the plate from Stallings. Like Marty said, though, you know, it would have been good to have both of them being that we don't really have much of us second option at catcher as well. But, you know, overall, when you start to look at the big picture of trading, say, Stallings and acquiring Roberto Perez and the three other players from the Marlins, it's, you know, it's hopefully everything works out the way that, you know, they're drawing up in their mind. But I, I think overall it's it, it was a good move on their part to get that deal done. Yeah, I mean <clears> – <throat> You look at the next season, and, and in theory, if you were going to move Stallings either at the trade deadline or after the 2022 season regardless, which I do think was going to be the case, um, you're better off with Perez and the three players you brought in. Um, Roberto Perez, like you said, Nick, tr- just a tremendous defensive catcher. Uh, he's a he's one of the better pitch framers in the league. His career defensive run saved behind the plates, plus 76. He won a gold glove in 2019 and 2020 with Cleveland. So while he's probably not going to hit a ton for you, um, I mean, the, the guy's lifetime OPS is just 
657, nothing special there. But he brings so much defensively. And at the catcher position, it's a lot like shortstop. You know, defense carries the day. You, I personally would take a plus defender behind the plate who struggles offensively over a guy who's a plus hitter and is, you know, Ryan Doman back there. And that's what they have in Perez. And, you know, again, with that, like, the Pirates are still not going to be in contention this year. Yeah, they there's this idea that, hey, if they make some moves and bring some people in, they can get better, which 100%, they can get better this year. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, Jacob Stallings wasn't going to be the key to the 2022 season in terms of production in the lineup. Uh, so, yeah, you're losing something offensively, but – the overall idea uh, for 2022 is to get these young players experience and replacing Stallings with a guy like Perez. Uh, you know, I think you're, you're still um, probably meeting, um, you know, that, that goal that you're hoping with having that type of um, young defensive veteran catcher for a young pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing to me is, with yes, the pirates are not going to contend in 2022, but to make 2022 a productive, positive season, one of the biggest things that could happen on that front is to have your young pitchers come out and take a big step forward. And a way to have them take that step forward is to have a catcher like a Perez or like a Stallings back there who has a track record of being good with young pitchers. So that is where I think, you know, bringing present is so important. Like you said, Nick, it doesn't show that they're just selling off pieces to sell off pieces. You know, they, they trade Stallings and then bring in a guy who is essentially Jacob Stallings with maybe a little bit less of the plate offensively. And, so, you know, in terms of that offensive presence too, like Stallings had a kind of a breakout season offensively at his age. There's no guarantees that he's going to exactly. you know, continue to be an offensive presence like he was this year. And it's it's, not, yeah, it's that's a normal season either. Right. I mean, it was it was a good season for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you knew what you were getting there. And like you said, I mean, that's kind of why I asked that question, because I, I, I don't necessarily think that you do get more value at the deadline or, you know, next offseason, because I, I think that could be the, the ceiling for Jacob Stallings. And, you know, great season. He won the gold glove. Um, you know, you can't take away from it. But uh, Roberto Perez coming in. Like you guys said, this is, um, you know, this is a, a nice signing to keep this team at least competitive day to day. This team isn't going to, you know, go out and win even 70, 75 games next season. But I think on a daily basis, this team's going to be able to compete. We saw a lot of that last year, uh, and I, I certainly think, um, you know, we see a lot of the same this year. But uh, Roberto Perez coming in from the Cleveland Indians, really replacing Jacob Stallings there and some re-signings as well. Uh, ben Gamble and Yoshi Susugo uh, re-signing with the Pirates since the last time we got on here on the pod. I, you know, obviously, I, I, I love the death, both of these guys, and I love these, um, you know, these contracts as well. I want your guys' thoughts on the deals here and, um, you know, just kind of how these two are going to contribute in 2022. Uh, I mean, first off, with Gamble, um, they agreed to the $1.8 million contract for 2022 to avoid arbitration. Um, that said, I'm not con- still not convinced Ben Gamble's on the opening day roster. Um, I think most likely he will be, but I wouldn't be stunned if you saw a team who needs outfield help 
in spring training to swing a deal for Gamble. He's a veteran. He'd be one-year rental. He's going to be cheap. He's got postseason experience. He can play all three outfield spots. He can bat lead off. He brings a lot to a team. Um, as for Susugo, I, I felt like that was one that was a no-brainer. Um, when the Pirates acquired Yoshi in late August, knowing he was going to be a free agent, I always felt like that was a deal they made with the idea to bring him back for 2022. And, you know, he he provides a pop and power and some middle lineup thump the Pirates don't have. So, you know, especially with Colin Moran now gone, I fully anticipate Yoshi Susuga to be a cleanup hitter to start the season. And, again, like you said, Trey, the Pirates aren't going to contend in 2022. But if you can be competitive day in and day out, which we saw a lot of last year, and I think a lot of credit for that has got to go to Derek Shelton and the staff for the, for the, for the culture they've cultivated – but if you have a two through four in your lineup of Cabrian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, and Yoshi Susugo, that's a two through four that's going to give a lot of pitchers a lot of fits. So, again, you're not going to contend, but you can be competitive day in and day out, and you can look like a competitive baseball team. You can start to learn how to win some of these tough games, and all of that pays off in the long run. Yeah, I mean, Ben Gamble, like you said, Marty, he he's a very interesting player because the Pirates kind of just fell into him last year. Um, you know, he signed with Cleveland Indians after having a couple productive years with the Brewers, and, you know, he ends up uh, getting cut after just a couple weeks into the season, and Pirates picked him up, and, you know, he's been a productive player every day for them. And, you know, once again, something – flipped for Gamble a little bit, I guess, when he came here from Cleveland. Maybe we'll see that with Roberto Perez also, uh, just to kind of go back to that. But uh, overall, Gamble is the type of player that if he stays around, um, you know, you're looking at much like Perez behind the plate, a veteran who, like you said, he does a lot of things well. He can play defensively. Um, all over the place and just is a very professional player. So it's not the worst thing to have him around. Um, as you get more of these young players, you know, up and into the lineup, he's a perfect guy that can then, you know, kind of shift into different roles as needed. Uh, in, uh, in terms of Tetsugo, uh, I'm right there with you. I think he's going to be batting in the middle of the lineup for us this year. Um, you know, whether we see him as a first baseman or a DH, you know, that, that's what I'm interested to see. Uh, you know, we might not have an answer on that for a little bit uh, until this lockout finishes up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, sorry, Marty, we're going to say no, something. No, about, I was going to say, real quick, the crazy thing with Gamble is the Pirates only – he like you said, Nick, he fell into their laps, and it only happened because when he was – let go by Cleveland, the Pirate outfield was a mess. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think Gregory Polanco was injured. Dustin Fowler and Anthony Alford had been designated for assignment. Brian Reynolds wasn't on the injured list, but I remember he was day-to-day at the time. The Pirates literally just needed bodies for the outfield. Or else they also, I think Colin Moran injured too, and yeah. the idea of Gamble to play some first. That's right, because Gamble came in and started working at first base. That's true. So, yeah, he fell into the Pirates' lap. And had the Pirates had at the time, also, which is good riddance. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's that's exactly what I was going to say right there too. I mean, you know, you, you talk about feel good stories in 2021. 
Um, I, I think Ben Gamble's maybe my favorite. I, I don't think there was a bigger flip I've seen in a player you know, in, in recent history with the Pirates. I mean, this guy, I, I went and saw the Pirates play the Braves in Atlanta, Ben Gamble's first week with the team. And, uh, you know, he just looked lost. I mean, he was he was getting heckled uh, to hell by the Braves fans in left field, and it looked like he was going to break down. And, you know, two weeks later, you know, there's just a different look on his face. I mean, the dude kind of became somewhat of a clubhouse leader. And, and like you said, Nick, I think he would be a good presence to kind of have around this year, as you see you know, some of these younger outfielders come up and um, get their chance for the team. I really like, uh, you know, the idea with both of these players here. And I think both are going to contribute to keep this team uh, competitive in 2022. But hey, guys, I mean, shoot, we might not even have a 2022 season. The, uh, the, the game is locked out right now. For the first time since 1994, uh, the, the players decided uh, they, they don't want to reach an agreement yet. And obviously this was yeah, a long time coming. We expected to see this lockout happen and a, a lot to, to go over uh, to, to get things started back up here for the players and the owners. But I just want you guys, you know, maybe what's what's the most interesting thing about this lockout? What do you guys think the timetable is going to look like on this? When are we going to see things kind of start to resume here? And, you know, what, what's your just idea on uh, on how this has gone so far? I mean, I still don't think we lose regular season games. Um, that said, I expect this to last a while. I won't be surprised if we lose Grapefruit and Cactus League games to this. Um, it's it's ugly. It was always going to be ugly. This has been brewing for a long time. As you said, Trey, we've talked about it. But when everything happened with the transition to try and come back post-COVID in 2020, um, that's when you knew this was really going to be, for lack of a better terms, a shit show. Um, I the, the sides are just the two sides seem so far apart right now. It, it's hard to envision this getting done anytime soon. I think what we wind up seeing is that the eleventh hour, early in spring training or right before spring training, is supposed to start. Something gets done and they get through this, so they don't miss regular season games. But like I said, I would not be surprised at all if we see Grapefruit and Cactus League games missed because of this. Yeah, I think you're right, Marty. I, for the players, if it gets close enough to spring training, they're going to want to hold out because they're just going to kind of use that as leverage in the sense of like not actually reporting to the first official, you know, like, hey, like, this is actually happening. Like, you know, that's one for fans. It will start to really set into, like, hey, something's different. You know, it's setting in a little bit just seeing the off season, But I think, you know, that's for people who, you know, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you're reading our site, you're pretty invested into baseball in general. So for maybe the more of the average fan, um, you know, they – they might not really realize that, Hey, baseball is not happening until spring training starts. Um, and same with, same with the organization, same with the owners. Um, and like you said, at that point, you'll start to see the pressure kind of put on to uh, get something going here because at the end of the day, they're not going to want to lose money. Exactly. exactly. And, that's, and that's where the players start, start the whole, the whole leverage or whatever at that point is when you get into spring training, you start potentially losing games. The owners, and Major League Baseball as a whole start to lose money at that point where the players don't. So that's that's where you could see things start to sway. 
Yeah, and you know, ultimately, I think that's um, you know, that's how things are going to go. They they don't want to lose games. They don't want to lose money. And we saw so much animosity when it when it shut down for COVID, and you know, everybody trying to figure out how things were going to look when the season resumed. You know, it doesn't seem like there's you know, kind of the same feel. I I think things are pretty divided right now, but it, I don't think there's quite the animosity uh, that we saw that first go round. What are the you know, what do people need to know about what's going on right now? You know, what, what do you, what is the day-to-day kind of happenings of this lockout? I mean, right now, I, I feel like there probably really isn't a whole lot. Um, I feel like the side probably is as much as, as disheartening as this is to hear and people don't want to hear it. The sides probably aren't talking a whole lot right now because there's no, <clears throat> there's no reason to. It, it's, it's not even Christmas yet. We're still two months away from when pitchers and catchers were supposed to report. So there's plenty of time for them to get things figured out. I think as we get closer and closer to Valentine's Day and that usual mid-February report day for pitchers and catchers, that's when we see things really start to pick up in these negotiations. The Pirates announced that Andy Haynes would be coming on as the hitting coach. Uh, You know, obviously the Pirates – not going to be a super force offensively in 2022, but talk about this hire. Uh, what was the the background here? Why the Pirates made this move and kind of how he's going to fit into this coaching staff? Nick, you want to get us started with this one? Yeah, um, I thought it was a good hire. Um, first and foremost, you get a guy who's familiar with the division, um, coaching with the Brewers and the Cubs in the past, what, I believe, three seasons. Um you know, that there's something to be said for that because, you know, all these ballparks that, you know, that's the one thing about baseball that makes it so much different than other sports is, you know, the the field of play is kind of different in baseball compared to other sports, right? Like basketball courts are hardwood, you know, but in baseball, you have different dimensions. You have different ways that the um, – ball is affected at these stadiums so to have a guy who is familiar with you know different ballparks especially Wrigley Field and uh, the Brewer Stadium up there um, I, I think that's something that they could use their advantage as they start to put together this young core of players coming up but also I just think you know you look at a guy coming in from two organizations have who have had a good reputation over the last two years of being very good baseball teams um, you know, as much as we don't want to say it, like, you know, that they, they are they've been where we want the Pirates to be. So hopefully he can come in and kind of, you know, blend that um, that approach of the NL Central and but also kind of develop these young hitters into what they hope, you know, like they said the other day, you know, turning these players into what these players are supposed to be. Uh, which is the, the best versions of themselves. And I think he's the type of guy that can do it. Yeah, uh, I really, I really admire, um, it definitely seems like one he's going to bring more of that kind of like new age analytical approach to hitting. His and, you know, from talking to some people who are Brewers fans and just reading some things online, it really seems like, the only reason he was let go by the Brewers is because him and Christian Yelich didn't get along with each other. Um, it wasn't even so much a lack of performance or anything of the sort from the Brewer offense, just that, hey, whenever your superstar doesn't like a coach, especially when that coach is not your manager, you're going to side with the superstar and let that coach go. So it really did seem like he got, and got a little bit of a raw deal in Milwaukee. Um, 
yeah, I think the Pirates are definitely getting a good one here in Andy Haynes, and this is definitely a hire that when you look at the success of the Brewer offense in recent seasons, um, I know last year the offense wasn't quite as good as it's been, but they still hit a lot of home runs. I mean, they went to the postseason. Clearly, they were a good team. Um, it should excite fans that a hitting coach with his past, when with his track record, is the guy who is going to be here with these young guys coming up. And also, I think it really says that Ben Charrington and his staff are pretty pretty confident in this guy. If he's the one that they're going to invest with, you know, O'Neill Cruz and Travis Swaggerty and Lavera Paguero and whoever else we're going to see debut in the next two to three years. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, you know, really make an investment here, but this guy fits the mold, kind of the brand of, of the direction of the organization so well. Analytical, younger kind of guy, uh, four seasons in the division as well, like you said, Nick. I think this is a great hire uh, for the future of this organization and a promotion as well. Mike Raybolo will now be the third base coach for this team. Why did the Pirates make this promotion for Raybolo? What do they need to know about the new third base coach? Obviously now the first season uh, without Joey Cora on the left side of the infield. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's been with the organization for two years now, was the assistant, or three years, excuse me, was hired as the assistant hitting coach. Um, came from the Tigers organization. Um, someone who I know a lot of people around baseball think highly of. And has just kind of slowly been paying his dues and moving up in the world of baseball coaching. And, you know, third base coach is definitely one of those positions where if you do your job well, you never get noticed. Um, and not to say that Joey Cora didn't do his job well, but there definitely were some real head-scratcher decisions over there over the years, and I was kind of surprised Cora was kept around as long as he was. So, you know, this is not a knock at all on Joey Cora. Obviously, the guy is a good baseball coach, comes from a great baseball family with his brother. Um, so I, I bet it, it could be nice to have a fresh perspective over there, you know, not someone who's been an MLB third base coach for however many years, who, you know, they might be a little more gun-shy at times or whatever it is because of past mistakes or something. So I'll be curious to see how it works out. And I just hope that ultimately I would rather have a third-base coach who's overly aggressive and is getting guys thrown out than is cautious and then that runner gets stranded on third base. So whatever Mike Rabello does over there, I just hope that he he's not afraid to get that windmill going and send guys home. Yeah, Murray, I agree. I mean – you know, it's one of those you can't score unless you send them. You know, that's yeah. Philosophy. Um, you know, we're a team. We're a team in a position that we shouldn't have too much fear about trying to you know press and score runs and make teams make plays on them. Uh, yeah, I, I just think, like you said, hopefully he is the answer. It's been kind of a black hole um, over just in general or base coaches early years. It seems like we can't find anyone who, um, you know, can consistently do a good job even going back, you know, through the playoff years with hurdle even. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it really has been um, pretty abysmal and it's not a knock. Like you said, Marty, it's not a knock on Joey Cora, excellent baseball coach, but uh, just hasn't done a great job. I thought after, 2021, we would see a, a change there. But, um, you know, coming into 2022, why not be as aggressive as possible? I like this move as well. Uh, Ray Below now will be the third base coach. Spirits making some moves this week. Uh, or, why am I saying this week? I guess 
It's been a couple weeks now. Pirates making some moves uh, within this last month here with the roster and the coaching staff as well. But obviously, guys, a lot going on in the world of baseball. Your closing thoughts as we close out here on episode number 73, this lockout, the Jacob Stallings trade, everything going on with the Pirates right now. Marty, uh, why don't you get us started with this one? Yeah, you know, it's it's Nick and I were talking about this the other day where it really sucks because right now this is usually a really busy, active time in baseball with the winter meetings and things of that nature. Um, and it's just there's absolutely nothing right now. So it's yeah, it makes you it makes you yearn for baseball season even more, I feel, because you're not getting your little sprinkles and your snippets that you normally be getting coming out of the winter meetings and and stuff like that so yeah it's uh, hopefully like i said i think i think things will get taken care of before spring training either starts or before it gets too far along and we won't miss regular season games but until then it's going to be some tense times but ultimately i just encourage everyone to be optimistic and smile because you seem to remember that when this does does settle and the work stoppage is over, and baseball is back. Most importantly, we are finally going to have a universal DH. <laughs> Nick, yeah, I hear that, Marty. Uh, you know, <laughs> if I have to hear this band, the DH anymore, I'll tell you, I'm so sick of that. <laughs> I don't want to see my my young pitchers uh, having to face 98 mile per hour fastballs and worry about getting hurt running around the bases. Um, and it's the Pirates, so you know, like, the first I mean, career like, start, Quinn, P- Quinn Priester would, like, tear his ACL right in the first base. Or AJ Burnett comes over to the Pirates in 2012 after being in the American League for the last almost 10 years and before he even plays a game, gets hurt in bunting drills. Like, we don't, we don't need to worry about that. We need to worry about getting these young pitchers ready to go. Um, and, you know, like you said, Marty, I think – We'll we'll be seeing baseball around the normal time this year. It's going to be a long month or so, but you know, luckily the NFL has a longer season this year. The NBA is more available to watch than ever. Uh, college football bowl games are starting up, so there's plenty of other things to keep us entertained while we're not sitting here dreading when the Pirates might trade off another veteran and hopefully not Brian Reynolds. But in all seriousness, um, yeah, I I think we'll be seeing baseball getting started back up um, sooner rather than maybe I thought originally. Um, You know, I, I was very worried that we would lose games this year, but it sounds like maybe that's been a little overblown. Um, But, you know, we'll see. There's still a lot of time. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, And, you know, hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? We don't have baseball. We missed 2022. I don't think the Pirates uh, would mind that too much. Give these guys another year uh, of of development. Get some of these guys ready. And then 2023 can be a lot of fun. Uh, But like you said, one thing, too, that I feel like we definitely should mention for anyone who's listening might be wondering, it has been stated that if the regular season begins and the work stoppage has not ended, minor league baseball will still be played. So, which is huge, yeah, especially for a team like the Pirates, where God forbid that's the situation we're in. Um, any prospect who is not currently on the 40 man roster would still be eligible to play minor league games. So, you know, you're talking guys like a Quinn Priester, a Henry Davis, Carmen Majinski, Mike Burroughs, whoever it may be, 
who is still able to go out and play these games and continue to develop as players. So they would not lose a year of development the way they did with the COVID year. And you know and what? You know, while we're on that, we got to get these minor league games uh, more accessible for fans. On, uh, I'm not talking about just minor league uh, online TV either. I, there's got to be some new way with Major League Baseball taking over minor league baseball and it all being one now. There's got to be a way to circuiting uh, the local markets uh, for the – for the team's access to their their minor leagues in some way. I mean, I'm not, you know, even if it's just a little bit, like, you know, one game a week or something, like the minor league game of the week for your market. like it's, Especially yeah. here in Pittsburgh where you have the double-A team two hours away in Altoona. That's, That's what I mean. Very like, easy to swing. It would just be – it would be nice to just continue to grow baseball and – one of the, the biggest growth that we've seen in baseball just from our, I don't know, almost eight years of writing now, Marty, is the minor leagues. Like, it's become so just as popular as the big leagues to know who the top prospects are, to know who who's going to be right about who and who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. Like, it's – and who's getting drafted and who's getting bumped up a level. Like, that's – people are very intrigued by that. And, you know – Teams like even the bigger market teams, you know, are starting to invest more into their minor leagues. And I just think it would be good overall for the game to start getting these guys some exposure at the minor league level and just making it, you know, more accessible for fans. Totally agree. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it it may sound like, well, hey, these guys are Pirates fans. Their team isn't very good at the major league level. They just want to see the minor league guys. I think for baseball, you know, for Rob Manfred, for the, for big baseball, this this would be a really good thing. Because, I mean, you know, you guys think about it. Like you said, Nick, everybody wants to know the, the top prospects nowadays. And I think once they get to the big leagues, you know, baseball's making money on the, the Fernando Tatises and the, the Juan Sotos and the Ronald Acunas. If you could, you know, get money or if you could make money off these guys two, three years in advance, you know, by, by showing their double A, triple A games, it could go a long way. You their know, their big league debuts and home, home debuts could mean a lot more too, oh, you sure. know, mm-hmm. to actual fans because they actually might be like know what to expect. They've actually seen this player, not just oh, we heard he's supposed to be good. <laughs> exactly, and you know, I think that to an extent would eliminate you know some of the, the just put people giving up on certain players. You know, I think sometimes you hear about a guy, you hear about a guy he gets so much hype built and he gets to the big leagues and maybe struggles a little bit at first. And everybody's so quick to say, well, this guy's a bust. You know, if you get to watch him in triple a double a, you know, see the, the dominance, I think it could go a, a long way as well there, but hopefully a lot of minor league reform in general uh, through all of this, we're going to see here in the next couple of months, but lots going to go down right now. Not a lot is going down, uh, but fun to break it down with you guys tonight. Hopefully we can have some episodes here coming up for you guys with some interviews, hopefully something, happens here in the coming weeks uh you know for us to talk about but until then guys go check out the rest of rumbunter.com on fan sided so many articles out right now covering these signings these trades uh, obviously the lockout as well everything going on in the world of baseball and guys don't forget you can find our podcasts on apple music spotify omni.com all kinds of places we're on the airwaves from marty leap nick caparoso my name is trey anity pirates fans Try to get through this lockout. Everything's going to be all right. The Pirates uh, trading Jacob Stallings, getting some good return. Until next time, let's go Bucks.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.